Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Potcotter, and you're listening to Call Talk for July 29th, 2021. Today's topic is service level solutions, stories of success with targeted process improvements. If you are listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. You can email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at benchmarkportal.com any time of the day. And with that, I would like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. You know, process improvement in call centers is so important and can be very difficult. Uh, it takes a structured approach and particularly well-organized leadership to map things out. So we brought in an expert on the topic for you, Patrick Ibrahimian, Director of Transformation at Unilex. And I uh, would like to welcome you to the show, Patrick. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Okay, great. Well, and for our listeners, uh, a little bit of background on Patrick. He's, the, as I said, the Director of Transformation at Unilex, which is driving transformation throughout the legal ecosystem. And he's a Six Sigma Master Black Belt and a Lean Master with over 18 years of experience. He has executed process improvement projects in the hospitality, financial, and manufacturing sectors, including call center environments. And he believes that practitioners should look to innovative solutions to improve processes and also teach the business how to utilize tools and techniques that will enable them to become successful. So he's really got this down. And uh, Patrick and his wife have four children, and he will be happily going camping with them starting tomorrow, so unplugging and uh, getting unfettered. So good for you, Patrick. Go, going off the grid, Bruce. Go <laughs> <laughs> off the grid. Well, I'm glad you stayed on the grid long <laughs> enough to do this show with us. Uh, oh, so that's great. <laughs> so, you know, ours is a, a contact center audience, as you know. So tell us a little bit about how to improve the call center process from uh, what you know from all your experience. I mean, when, when I think about it, there's really three, three main ways to be able to improve a call center process. You have to have alignment, you have to have standardization, and you have to have real-time management. So, you know, and, and these are really key points because, you know, everybody has to be reacting at the same time. And I know service levels are very, very crucial to call centers. So, that's, that, that's really the key to success that, that, or the levers to success that, that, that I've been kind of uh, teaching in, in, in my years in the call center environment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Alignment, standardization, and real-time management, uh, all of them really important here. Well, can, can you walk us through uh, that whole process so that our listeners can hear how you've done this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, when we talk about just the, the, the customer process flow, right, you know, we have to really rip apart the whole process and understand it from two different perspectives. Understand it, one, from a, uh, a, a perspective of how the customer feels when they call into a call center, and then also what we go through as phone agents as, you know, calls come into the call center and the different phone states that we go into. You know, we have to really think about the impacted areas, and we have, to, you know, we have to think about those key performance indicators, right? So there's measurements that we have in call centers that are very crucial that, you know, how do you measure to them? How do you measure to them effectively? 
And then the last thing is really the real-time management or the reaction time, right? When a switchboard or your workforce management group understands that we're going to miss service levels, how quickly can we get that information rallied through, you know, the chain of command down to the agent so everybody understands that, hey, we're going to go ahead and, and miss service level. We need to react a certain way. We need to, you know, speed up some calls. Or if we're, you know, going to go on break, let's stay on and take one more call and have a, you know, a team approach to be able to then help the center reduce their, uh, their, their, their service levels. Or you know, even Patrick, improve their team. service levels, actually. Improve the service levels, absolutely, yeah. Yes. You know, Patrick, it seems like this is uh, sort of taking uh, what some of us know as the customer experience process mapping and uh, taking it a step further in terms of trying to integrate it with other processes in the call center, particularly workforce management. Um, because, you know, when you're saying, you know, what is the process flow, what is it that the customer is experiencing, how do we make sure that on a real-time basis that uh, customer experience is optimized so that uh, you can really provide um, the best experience possible to the, cu the customer. Um, it, it's all right there. It's all very, very, and you make it very real that way. So how do you roll this process out throughout the call center? I mean, what we did is, and, and it was interesting, so there was a, it was a two-pronged approach, and uh, we were servicing the um, – it was it was the small business call centers, and we had about four centers nationwide. And we started deploying the process in one center first. What we did is we really mapped out and we said, okay, what does the customer go through when they call in? You know, a customer calls into the call center, they're waiting, and they're waiting to get connected to an agent. That agent yeah. is either talking to the customer, putting the customer on hold, or they're waiting for to conference the customer in with another department. And then the customer exits. But when you look at the agent perspective, the agent has different phone states that they are in. They're either in the ACD talk time state, hold time state, conference transfer time state, or if they're off the phone, they're either in an ACD, ACW log state, a non-ACD, ACW log state, an initiated off time state, or even in other state. Some call centers mm -hmm. have that. So what we tried to do, we said, okay, number one, we need to come up with a KPI that we can measure to that's going to tackle all of these phone states. We took a lean concept, and instead of measuring to, let's say, AHT, right, we wanted to find out what are the components of AHT, or even better, what are all the components that an associate can be in that we can coach to. So we called this the average associate rate. And the average associate rate included your talk time, hold time, conference time, ACD, ACW, non-ACD, ACW, initiated aux, and other time, divided by the number of calls that you had. That rate was then provided by workforce management to the team leads. And these team leads would then get a report, and it would show who had the highest average associate rate. And then from there, they would break down the percentages, and they were able to look at the different buckets and coach to the components rather than coaching just to a number. You know, I mean, what I found out in my, in, in my 10 years of call center work, you know, it's always, oh, bring your AHT down, bring your AHT down. But the real point uh -huh. is how? How do you do that? Uh -huh. if, you, if, you have, if you flip that conversation and talk to a phone agent and say, hey, Bruce, you know what? I can take a look and see that you have an extremely amount of hold time here. Why are you putting uh -huh. the customer on hold for so much? You know, do you need more training? Is there any questions that you have? Or – 
you know, maybe I'll listen to some calls and I see your talk time is too much. Bruce, you know what? You're sitting here and you're talking it up with these customers about the weather, sports, and whatnot. I need you to kind of shorten these a little bit, you know, still give them the best, you know, experience as you can, but be able to get to the point and then move on to the next call. And then that'll automatically, if you pull these levers, will reduce the associate rate, will reduce your handle time, and eventually it'll start, you know, increasing the, the, the customer center's metrics. And that was the first key of it. The second piece that was really awesome is we used the reader boards. And the reader boards we used as a, a, a visual, right? So to me, when you take a look at a manufacturing plant, you have an andon cord. And this andon cord is like a red light. So if there's stuff going down a assembly line and this red light goes off, everything stops. Now everybody knows what that red light went off for. How do you take that and build that into a call center environment? We took the, 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 the reader boards and we said the reader boards are going to act as a quarterback. We're going to tie uh-huh. them to specific metrics, and every metric that, that, that gets triggered is going to give a specific play. It's not going to say calls in queue, calls in queue, calls in queue, because after that it just becomes redundant, and the associates kind of block that out. But if it says role play one or role play three, role play four, now everybody will be given a, a playbook. Everybody will understand what their role is, all the way from the phone agent to the VP of that department. So then everybody on the floor is triggered by what's happening and what workforce management is seeing. So we use the concept of the quarterback and the football team, football team to roll this out. We developed playbooks. And, you know, just as a quick example, if it hit play two, play two could have meant that if you're on the phone, you need to be able to get off that call as quickly as you can and take the next one. If you're in training, you need to kind of log out of training real quick, jump on the phone. You know, if you have floor walkers or supervisors, they're going to jump on the phones real quick, take a couple of calls to be able to bring it down. Now you have everybody reacting together rather than people just, you know, I mean, think about, the, think about the telephone game, right? Workforce management finds out that, hey, we're going to miss service levels. They have about five uh-huh. minutes. They go ahead and they reach out to, you know, the, 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 floor, the floor manager. The floor manager has to reach out to the supervisor. The supervisor has to reach out to the agents. What if the agent isn't there? What if the agent's on another call and they can't hear what's going on? You know what I mean? That telephone game just, it, it, it takes so much longer to get to the point rather than everybody comes into work, everybody has their playbook, everybody understands their role on a team. And if you think about it, you know, in a football environment, when the team huddles before they call the play, the quarterback takes a look, understands what's going on. You know, the, the coordinator, the offensive coordinator will tell the quarterback what play to call. The quarterback will call play, you know, whatever, you know, play 11. And everybody on that team, all 11 people, understand what their role is and what they need to do. And if they do everything correctly, then they win and they advance the ball and they score and they win the game. That's the same type of concept we tried to roll out here into the call centers. And it was, it was amazing because our results really showed it. And we were able to maintain a 90% service level with a 10-second speed to answer in all four of the consumer call centers. That's fabulous. I love that uh, analogy, using the sports analogy, uh, basically incorporating it into uh, the contact center environment. And one of the things that Americans are all into is team, right? Team sports, team play, et cetera. And, and also it means that uh, what you've done is basically put in the hands of the managers 
uh, and supervisors coaching uh, tools that people can relate to because of previous experiences that usually are, are positive experiences from their past. That's uh, really, really very powerful. That's great stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it really, it really did open the door for us to then implement continuous improvement as well, right? Because when you think about it, you know, we told them, guys, what else do sports teams do, or even athletes do? They practice, right? So I think the, the the best the best part of it was we had our site executive who was over all four sites visiting our center, and we walked him in, and he already had a little bit of idea of what we rolled out into the center what we were doing and as he walked in everything was fine you know it was business as usual play zero everybody was doing whatever they were doing and then we had the work workforce manager with us and we told him let's switch it and practice go to play three so he went ahead and ran play three and you can visually see how everybody was reacting you can see the floor walker and the supervisor all of a sudden run to their desk, jump on the phone. You can see the associates and you can hear some of the phone calls. Okay, well, thank you very much. You know, they kind of wrap it up and jump to the next one. And, and, and it's beautiful to see that because then you can practice to make sure that everybody understands what their role is going to be. And then you, you know, and, and it's just continuous improvement. Mm, that's great. That's great. And then also anchored to the average associate rate uh, metric that you guys develop. And I'd love to have a side conversation with you just to uh, sort of bottom that out in terms of the components because that just sounds great. Um, but, and tell us, what was the feedback from the employees, you know, all levels from the phone agents to the leadership with regard to this? It was, it was very positive. I mean, um, a lot of them were very eager and excited to begin. Uh, the, the phone agents really appreciated the fact that they were part of developing the playbooks they were part of you know they they weren't just there and everybody's switching processes and kind of shoving it down their throats but they were part of it <laughs> developing it giving their giving their feedback management liked it because they had a better handle of coaching the agents you know to their numbers and also determining you know who had the highest rates who had the lowest rates and you know who do we need to focus on more to improve their scores so then you know and, and it was fun too because we were able to build contests. I mean, you have teams, right? We would, we would then take the associate rate as the key metric, and then you have your, you know, your customer stat scores as your secondary metric. And we said, whatever team that has the best associate rate with the best uh, customer service scores for the end of the month wins, let's say, lunch, you know, and we, we'd bring in a nice catered lunch for them and stuff like that. So it, it was cool. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So basically, you're, uh, you've uh, integrated the idea of gamification into this whole thing. So there's, uh, <laughs> right? You've got this uh, kind of yep. uh, friendly competition yep. among the people there. Yep. Okay, that's great stuff. Uh, well, tell us some of the successes or benefits that uh, came from this process. I mean, uh, one of the biggest pieces was the standardized decisions that were made. Everybody mm. was doing the same thing. And, you know, the targets and, and, and the targets that we were measuring, you know, the failures that we were looking at and, and evaluating, everybody was measuring to the same thing. That was one of the biggest pieces for standardization. Uh, we drastically improved our reaction times. So, you know, everybody got the message at the same time. We weren't dependent on someone else to tell us what to do. We already knew what our role was, and we eliminated a lot of confusion that we had. And like I said before, we were able to achieve a 90% um, service level with a 10-second ASA. 
It's fabulous. That is great. And uh, what do you think makes the team successful? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of thought that's been put into this. You've done a lot of thinking on it. Uh, what are the components that really makes the team successful? I think clear and defined goals is one of the key things that makes teams successful. If everybody knows what they're working towards and everybody has a clear path of what they need to do to achieve that goal, it, it, mm-hmm. automatically you're a winner. And then secondly, I think open communication. You know, to me, everybody plays a role, right? And, and you have chain of command in, in, in any environment, whether it's a call center, whether it's a manufacturing floor or, or, or a contracting area. Everybody has chain of command, but that open communication is key so everybody knows what, what, you know, what, what needs to happen and when it needs to happen. And then I think effective decision-making, right? You know, we, we took a look at it and we're like, okay, if you're measuring to your end state, I'm, I'm going to bring some master black belt geekiness into this, but if you're measuring your Y and, you know, instead of your functions of your Xs, you know, how much can you beat someone's head down to bring that Y down where in the other perspective you can actually coach to the components or coach to those Xs, and those Xs will automatically improve your Y. Mm. That's very, very interesting. And, yeah, you know, when you were talking about the coaching and breaking things down into the components, you know, I think of uh, average handle time and the number of times I've talked to clients about uh, breaking that into the average talk time, which includes <clears throat> the hold time, average hold time, and then after call work time, and uh, just exploring how each of those can be looked at and analyzed and improved individually, uh, rather than just say, you know, get your handle time down, right, which is what you were talking oh, yeah. about. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the report we were able to generate and give to the managers really laid out and said, this is the percentage of time that you're spending in, let's say, talk time, and this is the average number of seconds that you're spending in talk time. Now, how do we reduce that? And you can take small chunks at it, right? If you're coaching them, you can tell them, you know what, let's set a target, and I want you to reduce it by 30 seconds. If you reduce your talk time by 30 seconds, that's automatically going to bring your handle time down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let yeah. alone all the other phone states that you know we 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 try to we try to coach and manage to. Right, right. No, there's so many uh, components, so many things that go into managing a call center, and uh, what you've done is to break some of the most important ones down and make them manageable, understandable, and controllable and improvable. So those are <laughs> a lot of good bulls in there. Um, <laughs> Very good. Well, listen, um, th- these have been great insights, and what I'd like to do now is to ask Alan to see if we have some questions that have come in for you and, uh, and, and answer those. Alan? Yes, we have a couple here, and the first one is from Cynthia, and she's asking, a lot of what you talked about involves change management. We have had a lot of turnover in the last six months, and I feel – culturally environment has changed and is more resistant to things you mentioned. Any suggestion on how I can approach? That's a very good question. I mean, um, you know, especially now with um, a lot of the stuff that has been happening in the world, (laughs) there's there's so much uh, change happening culturally and, you know, um, 
I, I think the best approach to be able to take would be to really understand what some of their pain points are. I mean, if, people, if you have a lot of turnover, first thing I would look for is if you're doing any exit interviews, understand why the people are leaving and then be able to focus and pinpoint where the true problem is. I mean, is it a management issue? Is it a workload issue? Is it a process issue? And then be able to include every level in the process change or in the, in the discussions so they feel valued as well. I mean, we, we always call it the, the WIFM effect, right? What's in it for me? You know, you really have to find out what's in it for every agent to be able to then, you know, successfully make change happen. I mean, one, one thing I've always used, and, and I use this in any type of project I lead or any department that I work with, I always ask people, you know, if they're wearing a watch, you know, take your watch off and put it on the other hand and wear it for one day and see how that feels. It feels uncomfortable. But if you do it for about 10 or 15 days, it just becomes normal habit. And that's what change <laughs> management really is, is how do you, you know, how do you change them to be able to do that? So. <laughs> Yeah, I love that wristwatch analogy. Uh, I'm going to use that going forward if you don't mind. But uh, no, no because I think that's true. Yeah, yeah, with the with the people, you know, sort of being resistant because it doesn't feel quite right, even if it is better in the end, and then they finally acknowledge it. Um, and you know, you think of uh, some of the things Cynthia was saying or asking there, because with remote hires these days, in particular. Um, and sometimes the need to hire people quickly and get them going because of high turnover. Um, yeah, how is it that you can bring that turnover down by uh, using exit interviews, by, uh, you know, talking to people, maybe even having some skip, uh, you know, skip position the lunches and stuff to yeah, get to skip level. hear things more. Skip level, exactly. Yep. And, um, and with regard to the cultural component, one of the things that I think people need to think about is that if they're not able to have people in the office as much as they used to, uh, because, you know, the acculturation oftentimes comes from that time in the office. And if people are in only part-time or they're at home all the time, then getting that culture across through uh, the training and through uh, videos, I think, can be very important. And, and one of the things yeah. I think is good about videos in particular is you can say, okay, you know what we're missing here is people don't have the same sense of fill in the blank that they did when they were coming in. And then if you say, okay, how can I get that same message and feeling, if not the exact same experience, at least the same feeling and the same understanding of the culture through a video? You know, and it's, so you get a few-minute video that gets the, uh, the, the new hires heart pumping, uh, shows them, you know, how people are serving clients or customers really well, shows them how they're interacting with each other and coordinating and, um, you know, doing the things that you were talking about, Patrick, as a team, uh, that that can be a very powerful way of doing it, too, so that you don't expect them to sort of pick things up by osmosis. You actually put it in their face, but you put it in their face in a very – attractive way. So anyway, that's, that's yep. one of the thoughts I have with regard to the, the cultural component that Cynthia was talking about or asking about. Okay. Any, any further thoughts on that, Patrick? Otherwise, we'll go on to the next no, question. 
No, I mean, the only other thing I would add to that, and, and you bring up a great point. I mean, the, the skip level interviews are good. Even some companies do their uh, surveys, right? They survey the entire company. Taking a look at those survey responses and being able to really dive in a little bit deeper to understand what their people are telling them. I mean, one thing I found very successful in the past is, you know, everybody just wants to be treated with respect. You know, respect goes a long way. And it's not just coming in in the morning and forcing yourself to say hi to someone, but coming in and being genuine and saying hi to someone, it it goes a long way. And, and, And that's what I've seen in some centers where, you know, some of the agents are like, well, I'm, you know, I'm just here to take calls and no one cares. But, you know, they, they need to see a little bit of empathy, I, I think, from management. And, and that can actually change a lot of people and make them work harder for that leader. Right. Now, that's, that's so important. And one of the things there is I think there's been uh, perhaps a little bit of confusion on the part of some people as to how uh, personal you should get with your employees um, over the last several years, and this is a matter of good judgment. And uh, if you need to yep. be trained on it, talk to your HR area, talk to your to bosses that you uh, respect and who have have experience and everything, because uh, being able to you know understand when it's a good idea to make somebody feel like they're not just um, a machine that walks into the office every day, but they're a human being with uh, their own you know, hopes, desires, and, and personal lives, et cetera, and be able to connect with them without uh, crossing any, any lines is uh, really something that can be learned. It's not that difficult. And, um, and it can be really, really important in terms of uh, affirming your leadership. Any, any further thoughts on that? Otherwise, we'll go to the next question that uh, Alan has. No, 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 Lance. Yeah, let's go to the next question. Okay. Alan? So the next one we have is from Beverly, and she's asking, process, have you found needs the most work in centers you have worked in? Hmm. Hmm, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question. I mean, uh, to me, there's there's about two or three that I can think of. One, I think the training process or the onboarding process of agents is, is really key that, you know, we can benefit from. I mean, uh, you know, even going back to the original question with the turnover, there's a lot of burnout and, and, and a lot of associates feeling a lot of burn. They're feeling burnt out because, let's say, the training isn't as effective as it should be, right? Or Or if you're going to have an onboarding process, do you have any OJTs or on-the-job on the training where, where they can actually take live calls, or are you that strapped where you just need to put them on the phones and they, you know, they, you, you throw them out to the wolves, if you will? Um, the other piece would be your, um, your planning, um, you know, really understanding your schedules and uh, really maintaining your adherence to those schedules. You know, are you – staffing accordingly, taking a look and looking at your peaks and your valleys of how your calls are coming in, taking a look at any seasonality that takes effect there, and then being able to staff accordingly to that. And then the hardest thing, I'm I'm sure everybody on the phone here or or, or everybody listening in their cars would would, would definitely agree with me, you know, summertime is a killer or days after a, you know, major holiday, day after the Super Bowl, people always tend to call out. And 
how do you find that right balance where, you know, we were allotting associates the opportunity to be able to have sick days, but are they abusing those? And, and, and how do you kind of maintain that? Because those are the things that impact our centers the most. And then finally, yeah. I think the, the, the management process, which is what we kind of tackled here with the key performance indicators, would be a couple of things that I would think would be most important in the centers. Those are great ones. Very good, Patrick. Well, listen, uh, we're at the end of our half hour now, but I really want to thank you very much for uh, coming on the show and for sharing those insights. And uh, do you have any last things you'd like to say before we uh, hand things over to Alan? No, I mean, uh, thank you again for having me on. This, this was great. Um, you know, I, I, I look forward to, uh, you know, answering any other questions that anybody else may have in the future. And, um, you know, good luck with the show, and, and, and thank you. I'm glad to be here. Okay. Thank you, Patrick. Over to you, Alan. Yes, thanks again to Patrick and to Bruce for your insightful discussion on today's show. Be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection on archive shows on hot topics at benchmarkportal.com. Then click on Call Talk where you'll find over 150 episodes of this show. From all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Pockotter signing out. Have a great day.